Welcome, everyone, to the Nick's Infinite Playlist Podcast, a show where we always talk about something because something's always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan, and with me this week is a very special guest, Mary Masasi. Mary and I uh, write together at Telltale TV. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. Mary, reintroduce yourself to the people. Hey, guys. Um, I'm, as Nick said, my name is Mary. I uh, am usually an early childhood care person, but right now it's just more about taking care of one very stir crazy three year old. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. Uh, <laughs> I have a, a stir crazy almost four year old at my house. So, um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, so I, I want to jump right in. Um, so one of the craziest things that's happened with everything shut down is that, um, Supernatural's production shut down with about two episodes left to film. Mm-hmm. So, um, first of all, I want to know how you were feeling about the season up to this point, and to uh, what you think about how we're, how and when we're going to see the end of Supernatural. Well, to be frank, it's been a while since I've watched the like. All of this chaos has like. Oh yeah pushed it out of my brain and I'm like trying to remember what's going on even though I've seen the episodes and so I was like I had the thought like an hour ago I was like oh I probably should have brushed up on Supernatural he's gonna ask me about it (laughs) (laughs) but um I mean I've liked the season so far from what the things that I can remember like I've liked it so far um I do feel like it's going in a different direction than I had anticipated. Um, because I feel like when we were, when we talked about this season, when the last season ended, we were like, well, it'd be really cool. They're going to go back to the beginning and like redo some stuff. And like, that was what one or two episodes. And now it's just been about finding a way to undo God's plan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Like, I feel like I need to know what those last two episodes were going to be to like really soak in how I feel about the season as a whole. Yeah. Well, and and there's still, um, so there's still a good chunk of episodes that we haven't seen. Um, but they've, they filmed four episodes that haven't finished post. And then there are two episodes that they haven't filmed. So there's really like, six episodes that are still true. out there. Um, and the, the rumor has it that they're just gonna, that they think that they might be able to go back to production, like for the, for the fall production schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they might just, you know, start it, restart it and finish it and air it in the fall. Okay. Which would be crazy. Uh, just, I mean, just because it's unprecedented, but it's, it sounds like, the that Warner Brothers is committed to finishing it, um, so it's not going to be like a like the Blacklist finale is going to be half animated. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, that's a weird thing, but uh, so I I think it's it was uh, pretty interesting. I had kind of predicted that Jack was going to become the ultimate like weapon against God. And so they had to do a lot to get Jack like back alive and get his soul back. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but they seem to have done all that and they did it well and they still had six episodes to go. And yeah. So I think there was going to be a lot of, um, you know, guest stars. We hadn't seen much of Jim Beaver yet. And I was, there's definitely going to be more of that. Um, so there's a lot uh, to look forward to, I think. Mm-hmm. But is it just there, depends on when we get to see that, I guess. Is there like one guest star that you're like really still holding out hope for? Well, honestly, I, I'm hoping that with all of the craziness and filming schedules that maybe that'll let Jeffrey Dean Morgan get back. Oh, uh, that'd be great. Because I really feel like there are clear ways for everybody else to be involved somehow, you know, mm-hmm. because they've traveled so much to heaven and hell. And so they could visit any dead character they want. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see like Ellen and Joe and Ash um, back from the early seasons. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is like number one on my wish list, but just any of the older uh, supporting characters from the earlier seasons would be fantastic because really other than Bobby and, and Jody you know the earliest that anybody else has entered um, and Cassiel you know um, mm-hmm. a lot of the recurring characters are more recent now right and so I, and I'd love to see like Gabriel again um, mm. so those are some of my favorites but you know I'll take what I can get I would love, I mean, obviously, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because I feel like you have to bring it back to him because, I mean, in essence, he started it all. <laughs> like, you know, um, but I would also like to see the Ghost Facers. Like, oh, come yeah. On. What have those guys been up to? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just watching um, Justified. And I saw one mm-hmm. of the ghost facers in season one and it, it uh, blew my mind a little bit. I was like, ghost, ghost facers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do that every time I watch an episode of CSI New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Th- that would be really great. I'd really love to see that. For sure. For sure. So um, since Supernatural has not been on, we have both been watching this other show. Uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist just ended its first season run on NBC. And it's made some waves. Uh, people have really caught on to it and really sunk their teeth into it. So um, It's also been kind of divisive, too. Like, yeah. I've noticed on Twitter, like, well, even just um, having conversation with one of our other writers at Telltale, mm-hmm. her and I don't agree at all on the stance on the character of Max. Like yeah. she doesn't like him at all, but I adore him. And she's just like, I don't see him adding anything to the story. And I'm like, I disagree, you know? So it's like very divisive. And it's very interesting that it's this divisive because I don't yeah. know, it seems like one of those shows that would be very like run of the mill, almost everyone likes it, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I think um, it's it's got a lot of things that people like. And um, even mm-hmm. and people will have opinions about Max and Simon, and that's mm-hmm. probably what's going to propel the show forward. Even if For it's sure. not, even narratively, if that's not the focus, that's what's going to propel the 
tweets and the popularity of the show is going to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, Team Max and Team Simon has already kind of started. You know, it has the potential to be as as crazy as um, as Twilight, you know, Team Edward and Team Jacob. <laughs> I think that it's that it could catch on in that way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, when I started watching the show, I went into it thinking, okay, it's going to be a singing show. Singing shows are usually very happy. Um, it's going to be a little funny because there's some comedy elements to it. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm in for it. And smack dab the first episode, <laughs> Simon's dad is dead and Zoe's dad is dying. And you're just like, great. <laughs> They bring on the waterworks. Like I sobbed in that first episode when Simon was singing Mad World. Like I couldn't hold it in. Yeah. Um, so that that's really what hooked me into the show is that it was still, you know, pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. But it also had that, that just that hook with the dramatic undertones, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was the first song that Peter Gallagher sang just punched me in the gut. Oh my God. Yeah. And, you know, he was, and I really like one of my favorite things about it is that there are so many characters on it that are not like singers first. Okay. Thank Um, God you said that. (laughs) I was going to say that too. (laughs) So, you know, I, I got, I caught a lot of heat back when I first started like tweeting my opinions on things because I really liked the Les Mis movie from 2012 mm-hmm. and people hated it because, you know, some, some people hated it because of the raw approach to it. Like they really kind of, they sang it while they were filming some of the stuff. Um, and there was, it's, and it was not meant to sound polished and I kind of prefer that, you know, I was, right. I was really defensive of Russell Crowe's performance in Les Mis because I said, it's not supposed to be, polished it's not supposed to be he's not supposed to sound like a professional singer that's not the goal of Mm -hmm. and so you know sure you've got your Skylar Astin um who's the best singer and dancer in the world maybe um (laughs) but you also have Jane Levy who's clearly not a professional singer and it's not that she's bad um Lauren Graham who's obviously not a singer first right Peter her Gatter. mom, um, Zoe's mom. Yes, Mary Steenburgen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so I really thought a lot of that, particularly that Peter Gallagher was able to make those songs sound so raw. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, he, and you don't get to hear him sing every episode. And honestly, I like those episodes less um, because I think that he was really the, he is the driving force behind me getting hooked in the show. Mm-hmm. I like it because the way I see it, like I like as you know I love dramas like that's my bread and butter mm-hmm. and I like dramas best when they're they have that that toe in reality in the sense that like things that we would normally do actually do happen so when they muddle those waters like they did with Glee I was just like okay not everybody's a professional singer oh my god like stop and I like this show because the way you sing in your head isn't going to be perfect. You're, you're, I'm going to be honest, 90% of people around the world that sing in their head probably can't sing perfectly. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to hear the, the tech guys that she works with start singing and it not be perfect. It just be a, 
good enough that it sounds okay and doesn't hurt your ears, but not like perfect, perfect. And that's, I love it. I just, I speak very highly of that. And I agree about your assessment of the Les Mis movie because again, yeah, Russell Crowe was not supposed to sound perfect and polished. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's exactly, you touched on exactly what the goal is and that's to show what people are feeling and people showing their feelings really doesn't mean that they're polished. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Skylar Aston can sing. So, so Max can sing and it, it's not that that detracts from it, but I really, and I, I think he, he does a good job. All the people who are, are more professional singers really still do a great job. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite aspects of the show just is that they have people sing that don't necessarily, you know, you don't think of them as singers. Right. Um, uh, sorry, you go. So I was going to say, that, so the only thing that worries me about the show going forward is that, um, that Peter Gallagher's character is maybe not going to be on the show in the same way. Um, spoilers but they all knew that zoe's dad was dying right well that's yeah and that's like, <laughs> like my my roommate was watching the episode finally last night and i like walked past the tv and i'm like oh my god this and she's like don't tell me and i'm like okay you haven't realized from the beginning where this was headed okay cool bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and i, I, I mean, normally sure uh, was, but yeah <laughs> i normally watch it next day on hulu just because i forgot to record <laughs> i forgot to record it the first couple times and so i just got in the habit of my wife and i were watching it on on monday nights <laughs> and so but this time i had seen some tweets from some people some friends i have that had screened it and <laughs> i i could have screened it but i didn't um and so I was like, I heard, I think this is a big one. So I'm going to record it so that we can watch it same day. And we did. And I'm glad we did. Cause I wouldn't have been able to hold on for an entire day, even though it's, it's pretty expected. It's still just, whew, man, I cried like a little baby. Well, and to me, and it, it hit really hard for me because um. I'm sure I've talked about it with you before, but I lost my grandfather almost two years ago and he was my dad. Like he was my father figure. And so like those emotions that Zoe was feeling have never really gone away yet with me. And I was just like, oh, it just brought it all back up. And I just, I had to pause the episode and I just sobbed for a good like 10 minutes. And then I put it back on and then the final number it killed me again. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's the beauty about this show is that they're very good at doing that delicate balance between heartfelt, emotional, and, and funny, because that's yeah. what life is. Life is a delicate balance of all those elements. And I really like that about this show. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, I think of, it's it's just so relatable and yet um, surreal at the same time, mm-hmm. and they balance that really well. And I was just thinking about how I, you know, I can I can laugh at Tobin and and cry at Zoe's dad all in the same, you know, twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you that the I it was mostly during the middle part of the episode, the last episode, the finale, that I cried. 
Um, and I, the only reason I didn't cry much during American Pie is because um, <laughs> this is so stupid. And it's uh, every time I hear American Pie, I sing the lyrics to uh, Anakin Guy from uh, <laughs> The Saga Begins by Weird Al Yankovic. I can't, yeah, I don't know I the real words. I know The Saga Begins. <laughs> And oh, so man, I'm singing, bye, bye, Sierra Anakin guy. Um, <laughs> and so it just, it just totally took me out of it and through no fault of, it was brilliantly executed. But I will forever be, and I was sitting there humming it later, like, oh, that was really cool. That was really impactful. And I was still humming the wrong lyrics, you know, just uh, singing about uh, the Jedi I admire most, met up with Darth Maul, <laughs> and now he's toast. Um, I love that song but like it's <laughs> funny that that's the first thing that came to your head in that scene every time I hear American Pie that's my default it's like, I know like every word I could re- I could sing the entire saga begins right now you, but, should, you should message that to Skylar Aston on Instagram I'm sure he would interact with you about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might do that yeah that dude's on Instagram like all day long. Have you seen his videos with his squirrels outside his house? Like, no, but that sounds they're hysterical. Up. They're hysterical. But anyways, that's way off base. <laughs> but overall, it still was really, it was really impactful. And I was, I was going to speak to, um, I'm, I'm pretty, it's pretty obvious to me that you're team max, right? I am. <laughs> can, I expl- can I explain why? Yeah. So, um, I've been emotionally cheated on and actually cheated on. So anytime a show goes the route of any level of emotional cheating or cheating, cheating, I immediately cannot like that character, even if they're a good person. And I'm sure Simon's a great person, but he was emotionally cheating on his fiance. And I just, that took me out of it. So I was just like, um, I mean, not that I wouldn't have been drawn to Max anyway, because Max is the nerdy fanboy that I go for on shows usually. Mm. But like Simon really irks me with the whole emotional cheating stuff with Zoe and then kissing her when he was still with his fiance. I was just like, nope, I'm out. I can't. I try, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally valid. Um, and I think that there, there are... Uh... You know, there are no black and white things. I, I, I think there are very few black and white things in the world at all. Um, of course. And so that's, you know, so I, and I try to go to a show with an open mind. I, I don't actually, it's really hard to get me to, to ship. Um, and <laughs> and it, I mean, it's very, very hard to get me to ship. And, and I mostly try to figure out which way it's going to go. Um, but this one, I really, I really can't tell, you know, it seemed like mm-hmm. pulled towards Simon at first and then, and, and I can see people's criticisms with Max. Um, but I also relate well to Max. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's interesting why people choose what they choose. And but I, I also, I mean, I love her and Max together, and I am team Max. If she's to pick either of them, I want her to pick Max. However, I want to be team Zoe because right now I think she's better just 
focusing on herself and her emotions because she was very close to her father. And I think she needs to work through that before she can give herself up to anybody else. Absolutely. And I was just going to say that I think that I, I can see people's criticisms with Max at first, um, but over the last few episodes, especially, and especially in the finale, I really thought that it showed Max's progression really well. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's kind of figured things out and trying to be less selfish and mm-hmm. more sensitive to other people's needs. And, and the fact that he called Simon Yes. Said, hey, this is yes. this is what's up. Like that was just like maturity all around. I I'm here mm-hmm. for it. I just it bothers me. me when shows can't make their people mature because mm-hmm. it's it's just frustrating because you know it's so it's really not that hard to be mature. Exactly, and that is honestly one of my favorite Max moments of the entire season. He took it upon himself to realize. I may not want this guy around, but Zoe needs this guy around. I'm going to give him a call and let him know and let him decide what he wants to do. And I love that. Like I, that shows that he's no longer the Max that's just a jealous little boy. Absolutely. And that, that's, it was one of my favorite moments too. I just thought, wow, that shows such growth, even just from the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really pleased with with everything they've done. I'm really hopeful that they'll get a season two. Um, I think my favorite characters that not everybody talks about all the time are um, Joan and and Tobin. Okay. All right. Listen, <laughs> uh, I liked. I didn't like Tobin that much at first, but he grew on me. Oh my gosh! Well, he, he did. He me. was such a. He, he was supposed to be a douchebag at first, I think, but then. Yeah that really what I really like about this show in general is that like Zoe can hear what's going on in these people's hearts and mm-hmm. you know, they're more complicated than the, than they present. And so exactly. seeing the outside of Tobin only, you know, he doesn't endear to you quite like that, but he sings a couple songs and Zoe kind of figures him out. And all of a sudden he's this really endearing goofball just because mm-hmm. you hear kind of what's going on behind his his persona and so that's bro, what's really cool the, about the show the broversary episode i think is that what it was called <laughs> yeah whatever yeah the, whatever the one where what's his name why can't i think of his friend's name leaf leaf he's such a dick that i just kind of <laughs> pushed him out of my mind but leaf missed their party to celebrate their friendship and that's when we first see that vulnerability with Tobin and I actually love that I was like okay he's not just a goofball who doesn't take anything seriously like he has things that he cares about yeah and as someone that that can present a front like a goofball or you know joke about things to keep people at a distance um, I really related to that uh, mm-hmm. I can relate to Tobin very well just because there's a lot of people that don't know me well that think that about me mm-hmm. and when they get to know me better they change their minds and so I think I maybe relate to Tobin better than any other character on the show um, and I really just like Joan and her uh, and Lauren Graham's performance of Wrecking Ball I thought was was really yeah 
fantastic. She, she, she surprised me as a singer. Like when she started singing, I was like, oh, she's better than I anticipated. Like, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's another one of those where you don't expect it just because you've seen her do other stuff and it's not musical stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when she, she busts out a song for the first time, you're like, whoa, okay. I see you. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, she does it multiple times and she's pretty good at it every time. So I'm hoping that they get her back and that they get a season two and I'm interested to see where it goes. I, I, I am too. Cause I'm like, I know that this finale, the events are definitely going to really alter Zoe. Um, because throughout the whole first season, you get to see just how much her father means to her and how much that relationship drives who she is. And I think she's going to have to do a reboot of sorts. You know what I mean? Like she's going to have to try and figure out where to go from here. And I'd be interested to see if her quote unquote talent for hearing people's heart songs changes a little, like, I don't know. I don't know how it would change, but like, I would, I wonder if like her emotions and her heart change how she sees other people's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's possible. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves and how it stays the same. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, merging with the premise versus people evolving as characters and as people um, that I'm, I'm really curious and, I, and I'm really also really hopeful that they will get to do more. Well, it's season two. I want one thing and that is more Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Mo is such a good character and so underutilized. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's so frustrating to me. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely <laughs> right. More Mo. More Mo. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to add about Zoe's playlist before we move on? Um, not really. Oh, the fact that I, it blew my mind. So one of my friends watches it and also watches Shameless and she messaged me and she's like you know who Jane Levy is right or Levy is right and I was like no and she's like she's the original Mandy from season one of Shameless and I'm like no she's not and then I went and looked on her IMDb and I was like oh my lord <laughs> like, she looks to- because in the first season of Shameless she had stringy black hair with high like colorful highlights in it and she was very for the most part, Southside trash skank. So it was just like, she was very different character-wise. So like, I didn't see it at first, but then once my friend pointed it out, I was just like, oh my God, it is her. Whoa! (laughs) Like, it's one of those things that you're just like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, I hadn't seen her on much, but I was a fan of Suburgatory when it was on. Um. And I just thought that was a really underrated show and I didn't watch it as much as I should have. I wasn't really a religious TV viewer then. So, Mm. but I I just happened to have whatever night it was on free most weeks. So I would watch Suburgatory after it it would come on after the middle, I think. Okay. Uh, I was, I was pretty into the middle at the time. So I, and I thought particularly that she was really great in Suburgatory um, I occasionally will recognize mm-hmm. other actors from Spurgatory, but I really thought that Jane Levy was 
fantastic. And so I'm really excited that she got this shot and I really hope that it sticks. Yeah. Cause suburgatory did not. Yeah. I hope so. she's really good. She has a lot of raw talent and I'm just like, she, I feel like if Zoe had been any other peppy actress type, it wouldn't have worked as well. I right. think she puts that spin on Zoe that makes her more down to earth and more relatable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think down to earth maybe really describes these Jane Levy characters, mm-hmm. but she does it so well. And you know, I have to feel like, I feel like maybe she's like that. Maybe she's just down to earth, but she really presents that way. She really presents this kind of unassuming, but charming person. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm, I really, it's great. Like it's, it's engaging. It's easy to watch. It doesn't, it's not, there are a lot of actors and characters on TV that I really struggle to watch because they make me uncomfortable. But Zoe and Jane Levy are the opposite of that. Yes. I agree about certain people um, <laughs> making, I'm just trying to be very nice and I'm because there's one of those people coming back to the show that I review for the finale. And I'm just like, Ugh. and I was like, I have to be objective. <laughs> uh, so before we move on, what are you, uh, what are you finishing up reviewing them? And what are you going to do? Are you going to re- review anything this summer? So um, Tuesday was my last night for the Connors. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended their season and I actually really, that this season was kind of hit or miss, but I feel like it's been hit or miss since the show started, but I feel like that's how it is with comedies a lot is that like, there are some good, really good episodes and then there are some that they think the jokes are going to work and they really don't. Um, but it's been pretty good this season and I did like, they added in Noel Fisher as like a recurring guest role. Mm-hmm. playing Dan Connor's half brother, which I was like, that's cool. It was nice, dramatic, like different dynamics. It was really good. I think that helped. Um, but then I'm also finishing up 911. The final episode is on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, um, tomorrow night I start reviewing Council of Dads because I watched the first two episodes last week and I really liked it. Okay. Um, and then Sunday I start, um, I know this much is true. The Mark Ruffalo HBO. Okay. Limited series. Cool. So I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so council of dads, I have a, I have a, an autographed photo of J August Richards on my wall. Nice. I met him at a convention in Louisville, uh, five years ago now. So it's been a while, but uh, he's a really nice guy. He, I really like his character on the show, and I'm interested to see where the direction this goes. So we'll see. Cool. All right. With that, I'm going to roll us into a segment called Infinite Playlist, and it's a way to, for us to tell the world what we're watching, why, and how to get in on it. So, Mary, what are you loving right now? Well, um, if anyone is following me on Twitter, which um, I don't know if people are because my Twitter is usually not that exciting, but (laughs) (laughs) the 
last week or so, I started watching The West Wing for the first time ever. Oh. Um, I, it's been on my list, and I did try, like, the first episode, like, a couple of years ago, and I just wasn't focused enough to really, like, pay attention, so I was like, eh. But then I was, like, scrolling through Netflix the other, like, a little while ago, and I was like, I'm bored. Let me see. What can I start? And I was like, I'll try The West Wing, and I... Oh my gosh, it's such a breath of fresh air from our current administration um, that it's just like, God, it's what TV's meant for to like pull you out of reality um, at times and make you feel better about life. And this is a show that does that. Um, but yeah, and, and also it's the beginning of, of many of the actors' careers, you know, like a lot of people came from this show and it's just like, like I see Rob Lowe and I'm just like, he looks so young. He's such a baby. <laughs> and, and Bradley Whitford, I'm like, Oh my God. And Allison Janney. And I'm just like, there's so many great people on this show. And it's just mm -hmm. oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my mom was a religious West Wing watcher for a while when I mm -hmm. was growing up. And so that, that was, a, I was in like middle school and high school for most of the run. Mm -hmm. uh, but my wife and I started watching it a few years ago and it took us like two years to get through it just because we'd go through times of, of not having time to watch it together. And we didn't watch it apart from each other at all. So it took us a while to finish it because it's seven. Mm -hmm. seasons, it's a network show. Oh, so yeah. It's like 22 episodes a season, but it was yeah. really, it was really worth it. And it's, there's some, ups and downs in quality later on, uh, like with any show. Yeah. But I really loved, I just, I thought it was really great. I thought that Martin Sheen does a great job. There's, um, even after there's some cast shakeups, but then uh, like they bring on Joshua Molina and mm -hmm. Mary McCormick and um, Dulé Hill really steps up when some of the cast members leave. So, it's just, they just do a really good job. It's well-written. Um, some people don't like the Sorkin tone uh, and the Sorkin writing, the the quick walk and talk kind of stuff. But I, I think it's really- I like um, it. I really like it. And I like the energy in this administration where they you can tell they genuinely like their jobs and they're happy to be doing what they're doing. And there's that, you know- Bradley Whitford's character, Josh, he's constantly making these one-liners that just make you stop and will make you laugh. And then you stop and you're like, oh, should I have laughed at that? That should not, I shouldn't have laughed at that. And like just moments like that. And then Alice and Janney just like giving it to whatever reporter tries to th throw her through the mud. And she's just like, excuse me, no. Um, you know, it's just, I'm only on season one, but like it's, phenomenal and i can see why so many people love it yeah and and i i told you earlier that i don't really get into shipping much and i and that's really true but the west wing is one where i kind i kind of got invested after a while okay uh, but i don't know if you're far enough for me to tell you about it yet <laughs> probably not i don't know <laughs> is is uh mandy still on the show yes then no, <laughs> then you're not far enough yet. I like Mandy. Mandy's yeah. a spitfire. There, um, there's, I, I mean, like 
it was it was the 90s so i feel like i i won't be spoiling it for you to tell you that mandy disappears after the first season and no one ever mentions her that listen that happens on everything listen yeah (laughs) i feel like i mean parks and rec had um mark brandanowitz brandanowitz (laughs) and then it's funny because i saw on twitter the other day someone was making a schitt's creek reference and they're like i feel like mutt shit is the mark brandanowitz of schitt's creek because mutt (laughs) just disappears and we don't know where he went and we're just like okay but his parents still live in town and his brother's still there and we're just like um where did he go? <laughs> like, well, we know that the actor has been busy because he's on um, he's on Winona Earp. So yeah. we're like, we know he's been busy, but we're just like, where did Mutt go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, it happens on every show, uh, but it's, it's sound, lots of people reference Moira Kelly as, as one of the like, one of the first ones that people remember really well. Yeah. She was on the whole first season of the West Wing and then just like, poof, gone. Never even mentioned her again. Uh, she actually plays one of my favorite characters on One Tree Hill. She plays, I don't like her son, but I like her character because <laughs> her son was obviously Lucas Scott played by um, Chad Michael Murray. And mm-hmm. I was not a fan of that character. <laughs> um, which I feel like the show tried to get us to like him, but I ended up liking his brother Nathan better. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but no, she played a great mom who was single mom and she's, you know, doesn't take nothing from anybody and she runs her own cafe. And I just, I really, she's one of the good Karens yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Moira Kelly leaves the show and they basically, they said that she was supposed to be a foil for Josh and they didn't really, end up feeling that the chemistry was right. Chemistry, okay. And so they go a different direction with having a foil for Josh. And gotcha. I, I was really into that. Um, okay. And so once you get there, I'll be have to just have you back on and, and I'll be curious about your thoughts. Oh, definitely. Or, you know, once you figure it out, have, just tweet just me and a, I'll be like, yeah, that's it. We could just have a West Wing episode. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much to unpack with the West Wing. Uh, and like Joshua Molina, who was on it, does a podcast, like a rewatch podcast. Well, uh, and currently, did you know that, um, oh my God, why, uh, Richard Schiff is currently doing a rewatch. And I'm actually, I wasn't intentionally in line with him because I like, was watching multiple episodes a day, but then mm-hmm. like I've been, I haven't been watching for the last couple of days because I've been trying to get Terra Nova in. And I got on Twitter last night and he's like, we're about to watch episode 11. And I'm just like, that's the episode I just watched. I'm like, how am I in line with you who does an episode <laughs> a night? Like, <laughs> but he's doing a big rewatch with his family. And I'm just like, that's so cool. Like, it's it's so crazy that like all these different shows and actors who are no aren't working right now are doing rewatches of their shows. Like yeah, yeah, so I've been super into just to get sidetracked a little bit. I, I guess this since it's just content that you love right now is falls into this category. But I just started listening to the real doctor uh real friends, fake doctors real friends that the scrubs actors are doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison became best friends on the set of Scrubs and they uh, are doing this podcast now where they're rewatching Scrubs and they're talking about it episode by episode. And so I'm only on the third podcast and they've done eight or nine now. 
but oh, that's they've awesome. had to check that out. like Bill Lawrence has been on Bill Lawrence is on the episode I'm listening to now and I'm okay. in the middle of it kind of and just because my they're like an hour or an hour and a half long and my dog won't walk for more than 45 minutes <laughs> so I feel that um, she's, she's fast. She drags me along a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, I've really enjoyed that. And that's, I, that's one of the biggest positives to me of everything shutting down is getting to see a lot more like cast reunions and people doing rewatch podcasts and, and things like that, just because, uh, I live for that kind of stuff. Did you watch the parks and rec one? I did. Yes. Yeah. My roommate and I watched it live. And so like when Paul Rudd came on, I was just like, yeah, <laughs> my favorite one was John. Tammy Ralph, too. Uh, John oh. Ralph, actually. Um, <laughs> I got run over by a Porsche. So now I have stacks on stacks on stacks. Sex, 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 sex. <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, this is phenomenal. Um, they did a really great job with it. And I just love that with the they how they integrated that they were in different locations mm-hmm. by just being like, Oh, we're doing our, you know, video call chain, whatever. You're supposed to call supposed to call Gary and nobody wants to call Gary for, <laughs> for Gary. And then they finally do call him and he's just like, Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't even realize that he was the butt of the joke, and we're just like, "Oh, poor guy." But I do like how they into how they involved the fact that Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally are married to each other. Yes. So she's gonna make a cameo in his video. Oh yeah, yeah. I really appreciated that. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So um, there's there's lots of great stuff on now, and it's also this has been a really good time for me to talking about, like I said, the West Wing binge took us like two and a half years to finish. Um, I've been on the X-Files for a lot longer than that. Okay. Um, I probably started it. I was doing uh, reviews of season one for TV Overmind in like Mm -hmm. 2015 or, or something just crazy long ago. And that's when I started it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, and it's, it's a, it's not like it's two seasons and then you're done. It's a robust episode total. But so I've, I've been able to resume my X-Files watching for the first time in quite a while. Uh, I'm really motivated to finish it now. So I finally got back on that train and I'm almost done with season eight. Um, and there's still some really good stuff in there, even in the later seasons. So that's what I've been watching <laughs> Um, and th- there's also an X-Files rewatch podcast, but that's been going on for a while. Uh, Camille Nanjiani does it. Okay. Um, but I, I think that, so I'm in the later seasons now where like, where like David Duchovny was on his way out, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting to see how they wrote it into that mythology. Um, and I also bought this critical companion book for X-Files and it's really interesting to read those after I watch an episode. So oh, that's know. really cool. Uh, I'm almost done with season eight now and the original run ended after nine and then they have the two shorter seasons of um, the news, the the quote unquote revival. Yes. And there's also the, I haven't watched the second movie. I mean, I'm just going to watch it in order. So I'm going to finish season nine and then watch the the second movie and then watch season 10 and 11. Yeah. So hopefully by 
you know, the next time you're on the podcast, I'll be finished. <laughs> I've also been watching um, a lot of Gordon Ramsay content um, <laughs> because he just makes me so happy. I don't know why his yelling and screaming at people makes me happy, but it does. So I've been watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmares and Master Chef and just Hell's Kitchen, like just and Hulu has it all. So I'm just like Hulu, you're getting all your money's worth this month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've also been going back and like rewatching old movie movies that I haven't watched in a while. Like mm-hmm. every other Saturday, my roommate's daughter is at her dad's house, so we do movie marathons on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So couple Saturdays ago we watched all of the Scream movies Mm -hmm. um which was nice to have a fun little like horror fest um and then more recently we watched all of the Twilight movies and made fun of them the entire time (laughs) which is the only way you can watch Twilight of course um and then of course like this week there was the announcement that she's finally releasing the Edward point of view Twilight book and I'm just like all right cool whatever (laughs) (laughs) and the memes but the memes have been the best part of it because we all know Robert Pattinson has no nice things to say about Twilight so the memes have been hysterical about how they're like oh Edward right now or Robert right now he's throwing his phone into the ocean (laughs) Robert is like f this I'm not doing another one (laughs) Do you want to know how I know how I knew that my wife was the one? It was the the weekend that there was a weekend. I'm pretty sure this is right, and I don't have the facts in front of me. But there was a Twilight movie and The Dark Knight Rises premiered on the same weekend. Okay. Um, and it made. I think I'm pretty sure it was Dark Knight Rises, but it could have been. It was just. It was something along those lines. Uh, right. A, a Marvel movie or a superhero movie of some kind. And my my then girlfriend and now wife said she really wanted to go see the superhero movie and had no interest in seeing Twilight. And like that's why I was like, so I locked Put a it down. Ring on that one. Put a ring on that one. <laughs> because I was like, I cannot spend the rest of my life getting dragged to this garbage. <laughs> My roommate only really likes them because she's a really big Robert Pattinson fan, which to be fair, he's a very, very talented actor. Mm-hmm. A strange oh, yeah. human, but a good actor. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I'm very interested to see his Batman, even though I'm not a fan of Batman. Um, <laughs> but we, she's like, let's watch Twilight because I just really want to laugh and make fun of things. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> The only thing I even remember when I think about Twilight is the there's a viral video of a guy that looks like Taylor Lautner and it's like Twilight in five seconds or whatever. And it's <laughs> and it says they say, Jacob, keep your shirt on. No. And he's, <laughs> he's like pulling it off. <laughs> and that, that's it. Like there's like a five second YouTube video and it's just I think it's called Jacob, keep your shirt on. Jacob, keep your shirt on. No. <laughs> Oh, my favorite thing about the first Twilight movie is watching it with the cast commentary because Robert (laughs) Pattinson is the best. Like this, I I don't know if you've ever seen the movies, but there's a scene where they're standing. I'm sure you've seen it at least on the internet somewhere, but there's a scene where they're standing in the forest and he's like asking her to like say what he is, whatever. And he's like, ask me, what do we eat? And Robert Pattinson goes, cheeseburgers. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I just, I, the first time I ever watched it with that, I just died laughing. I had to stop the movie. I was like, nope, I cannot continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I've never seen them and I never will. I will never, ever. You're not missing anything. Like, I've already got so much that I want to engage with that it's just never, it's never going to get anywhere near the top of the list. So listen, you're not missing anything. It's fine. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, I don't, I've absolutely no regrets. Um, None. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's what I've been doing on this here quarantine is watching a lot. I've been watching a lot of Disney too. Oh yeah. Because said toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched onward. That was really good. Um, but mostly it's been, you know, Bolts and uh, Ralph and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, thanks for sharing. Of course. <laughs> so now we're going to move into a, a special segment, and it's a new segment, and it's called One Season Wonders. And it's exploring different shows that were, for whatever reason, only one season. And so this happened, lots of people think of firefly as a, a, an ultimate one season wonder and a more recent one is is pitch from fox and mm-hmm. so this one was also on fox and it's called terra nova and i remember like vaguely when it came on the air mm-hmm. but i never watched it and so to find out it was on imdb tv for free um I, we decided to do that and so i somehow managed to watch an entire season of a show in a little over a week which doesn't happen for me much anymore. (laughs) But so some of the things that I thought were interesting, like it it came out in 2011, I think Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I have. I actually watched a couple episodes when it aired on TV. Yeah. Um, Because I, I, that was at the height of my Degrassi, the next generation obsession. Okay. And Landon Liberon the, who plays the son was mm-hmm. a character on Degrassi and I freaking loved him on Degrassi. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to watch this new show he's doing. I lasted like two episodes because life got in the way and I kept forgetting about it. But I, so when we started to watch this, I was like, this is vaguely familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. 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 So it came out in 2011 and, and um, Steven Spielberg is a producer for it, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's funny that you should mention that you knew an actor and that's why you were interested in it because in 2011, I would not have known any of these people. Right. um, Now I know Jason O'Mara because he Mm -hmm. had on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he was on Man in the High Castle more recently than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just, he's kind of an everyman. He's been a lot of places. He has Um, a very familiar face. (laughs) Then Naomi Scott, who's kind of a big deal now because she was Princess Jasmine in the live action Aladdin. And, Mm -hmm. and before that, of course, which is much nearer to my own heart, she was Kimberly on the Power Rangers reboot. Um, And that's, I just, I love Power Rangers. (laughs) So, so Naomi Scott was was not as big then, but she's much bigger now. And it's weird to kind of see her, you know, look so young and kind of come up into this world. Mm-hmm. It's just totally like people didn't know she even did this. And there she is. There's Princess Jasmine. There's Kimberly. So um, <clears throat> I thought that was really interesting. And I, I had, so you'd seen a couple episodes. So you kind of were aware of what the premise was. 
before we started? Vaguely. I remembered it being a story about this family that moves from super futuristic time to dinosaur era time. And I was just like, I can't remember why this was interesting to me. But then watching it, I was like, oh, right. Because there's so much more to it than that. Like, it's very complex and dramatic and kind of a human issues story, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I vaguely remember dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's a really interesting premise because of the... um... That you know, they for those of you who haven't seen it, which I assume is a lot of people because it was canceled. Um, it they are in the future and it's their the world is dying, and mm-hmm. so they figure out how to you know, somebody discovers a time travel portal and they they go back in into prehistoric times basically and start a colony to yep. kind of rebuild society free from the with when the earth's resources were still plentiful but free from the other traps that they've fallen into over the course of 85 million years right so um it's it's interesting on on several levels just because they're they're in a world where they could be threatened by dinosaurs or creatures that we've never seen or heard before uh they're threatened by other humans who don't have as much regard for society now that they're removed from it um and yet they still have a better life than they did in the future. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting too, that they brought technology with them um, mm-hmm. that they were able to, you know, bring to generate power so quickly on their new world and have technology. Yeah. So, um, so the, there are things that I liked about it and I think things that I didn't really, but what are your thoughts on it? Just, just kind of um, like, didn't like, so- so, okay, the first few episodes, the first two were interesting. I was like, you know, we get introduced to the world that they are from, which is like, what, 2149 or something like that. And we get re- introduced to Terra Nova, the new colony. And it's very interesting and it catches your attention. But then like the middle-ish of the season is like, okay, I'm bored. What is the point of this? Like it drags a bit. And then bam, the last like three episodes, it's action, 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 action. All this plot is coming on at you at like a hundred miles per hour. And you're just like, okay, that's a bit too much in one <laughs> sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, I, I, it frustrates me that it got canceled. I mean, I understand why it got canceled because that whole middle section that was boring, people probably stopped watching. But it sucks that it got canceled because that ending was so intriguing and you're just like, oh my gosh, what did they find in the Badlands? What exactly are they looking for? Why are they not that worried about no longer having um, the Hope Station? You know, it's just like, okay, now I want to know more. Damn it, there is no more. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I have some of those same thoughts. Um, I really liked that it it ramped up at the end um the the first bit of it was was kind of slow mm-hmm. it just didn't it didn't really know what it wanted to be and yeah. kind of floundered around a bit um and some of the special effects took me out of it a little bit just i mean i know this is a tv budget in 2011 but like like the scene where they go fishing 
Like that was, ugh, it was mm-hmm. horrible. Just yeah. absolutely awful. Um, so some of that took me out a little bit and it's, it didn't really know what it wanted to be, but then when it started leaning into the, okay, this is political and time traveling mm-hmm. and, and a little bit post-apocalyptic, even though it's not in a post-apocalyptic time, it's in prehistoric time. It's right. kind of started to figure out the sense of adventure that they had and yes. that I really liked. Uh, so I really liked the last few episodes more than I liked the rest of the season just because it took me out of it. Some of their missteps and they're not sure what to do with it here and there kind of took me out of it. And they tried to make it a couple of times. They tried to make it episodic. I felt like mm-hmm. yep. they tried to like do a, Oh, well this person's in trouble in the colony this week. And this is happening in the colony. Like the little week. girl, like the little girl that showed up and was supposedly a spy. I feel like that was very like, um okay um yeah and like it wrapped up really quickly and i was like all right so there's a happy ending okay cool why do i care like it it just was very much why do i care yeah and i I think that you know if, if there's a little bit of deeper digging that you might find some um it seems like their story kind of ramped up in intensity because they were like oh no we're gonna get canceled and mm-hmm. so I think that some shows have learned from that in the way that they just boldly make decisions and then, you know, figure out where to go from there later. Yeah. Because, you know, especially shows that are on the verge of cancellation, a lot of them will just pull out their best stuff right away. Uh, and that's what I think happened maybe at the end of season one is that they were like, oh, no, we're going to get canceled. We should ramp up the intensity a little bit so that maybe they'll be interested in bringing us back. Right. But it seemed like it took too long to just get its feet under it. But at the same time, you know, there, I think that they've, lots of people have learned from that because, you know, those shorter episode orders are tighter, you know, people Mm -hmm. do a better job with those and they probably learned a lesson from Terra Nova. And it's that if you've got, good stories in the can just use them right don't don't uh wait to to tell the the story just tell it the story with lucas taylor and nathaniel taylor and like that whole dynamic they could have cut out like two or three of those episodes where he's like following his son's mathematical clues on the rocks or whatever and just had them do that interaction early on and then they could have built up more with that militia situation that he created in the colony in the last couple episodes Mm -hmm. and made it tighter and more intriguing to watch and make it seem like more of a dire issue because the way I saw it like when those the new soldiers came in I was just like okay they've been here for a day why is it such a dire issue like why are they suddenly like oh my god it's life and death I'm like okay hold on like we haven't seen them do anything like they're just stationed around you know I just I don't know to me it could have been better timed I think and they could have expanded better yes and you know I I think that some of their it seemed like they had some initial thoughts like oh well Taylor has some kind of a backstory that you're you're not going to see right away and I think all of that some of those notions were good but it just 
it took too long to get to that. You know, it, it yeah. kind of was like, it, it felt like a weird mistrust of Taylor at first, but then Jim becomes to trust him. So it's like, oh, well, I guess we can trust him. And then you start to find out about his son and just the weird things that happen between them. And I think that they could have just, you know, they could have explored Taylor more early on and mm-hmm. avoided some of those issues. And there's several characters that I thought would be more compelling that just didn't have anything to do. Like the, his daughter was just kind of love struck and, and was Daddy, smart. Yeah. And, and she, she, she spent that one a- episode figuring out that that guy was an imposter. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought she did she a good job. Such, like from the first episode, I was like, Oh, this girl's got a brain. She's very smart. She's going to do great in this new colony because she's bringing all this knowledge that she's already researched into the colony it's like she's gonna be able to help them solve some issues and whatever and then um automatically she meets reynolds and she's just like oh lovesick teenager i'm like really mm-hmm. okay cool great wasted potential with a wonderful strong female character yeah and i, I thought kind of the same about sky too i mean i i mm-hmm. enjoyed i liked the the twist that she was the spy but i i wasn't sure that they used her as well as they could have either i don't i also i may be in well i feel like there's not really a minority since not many people watch this (laughs) um but i honestly didn't care for that twist like i was just like oh that wasn't i didn't feel like they handled it well enough like i was like yeah. It could have been something way more they could have I don't know how to like explain it but like it wasn't dramatic enough for me. Maybe I'm just like a a drama whore right now so like I just want more drama on everything. Um and they're just this show is pegged as a drama but it lacked that oomph of drama that I look for in a drama. Yeah. And so like there wasn't any I wasn't on the edge of my seat excited about it. Like, I don't know. I just, I was just yeah. like, I, when it happened, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I moved on. Like, it wasn't a, oh my God, no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think probably the biggest detractor for me just was that they're in prehistoric times. So why aren't they like more afraid of dinosaurs? You know, like it, it just seems like it would be more dangerous to be there and i can understand maybe some of the people that have been in the colony for a while not being as scared of it like commander taylor like Mm. i can understand he created this world he's been there for multiple years he's used to it now but like the shannons the minute they get there the daughter walks up the littlest daughter zoe walks up to the fence and is just like hi you're a dinosaur let me feed you and i'm just like what (laughs) like she was going to the zoo and i was just like i'm confused (laughs) You're right. There wasn't enough fear involved in the storytelling. Yeah. So I really just don't, I think, I think that, you know, I was intrigued by the idea of a season two because I feel like the end kind of suggested that maybe the stakes were going to get a little higher and that's what it seemed like. So at the end, I had a moment of clarity, like what they were missing was higher stakes they yeah. just, you know, no major characters were really killed off. Um, you know, they didn't have that 
there was no sense of danger that your character that your favorite characters might be killed off and so it, what you have instead is just kind of this like family drama just set with dinosaurs in the background like yeah it's family like, drama kind of kind of sci-fi ish but it's really just the dinosaurs are we don't have much of a cgi budget so they're just the backdrop they're just there yeah and i and yeah there were a few moments where like the dinosaurs attacked them or whatever but even then i'm just like it wasn't dramatic enough for me because they weren't the people that it was happening to were just like okay cool a dinosaur is attacking me it wasn't like oh my god like run get out of here let's go like nothing it was just like okay let's try to get somebody on the radio like are you serious? Like, get the hell out of there. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I will say, though, the T Rex at the end that he took the Hope Station. <laughs> yeah, was the I was just about to say thing. that. Yeah, where he was just like, okay, I'm going to let this T Rex out now. And then just immediately kills those guys. Uh, <laughs> it's so freaking good. I was like, okay, see, now they, see, by the end, they figured out, okay, let's use the dinosaurs. Let's, let's actually, you know. Use them let's raise the stakes a little bit and it worked mm-hmm. it and did. So if they had done if they had approached storytelling like that for all 13 episodes they probably would have had a decently long-running show mm-hmm. and i honestly was very disappointed that because when lucas hugs his father and stabs him in the back i was like oh he's done for like commander taylor's gonna die and right. then he didn't die and i was just like Okay, well, that was a wasted situation. Like, yeah, well, and then it's like, like oh. We need to see this colony without him. Like, can this colony survive without Commander Taylor? Yeah. Like, we need those, like you said, the, the high stakes are not there. Yeah, well, and it's even, even then they were like, oh, well, at least they killed uh, Lucas, right? And then they didn't. He disappears. He has survived. And so it's I like, liter- literally, no one of importance died. Yeah, I watched that episode this morning and I'm and I interact with the TV when I'm very like frustrated <laughs> or whatever. So I was like screaming, You got shot three times and you're still freaking alive. What the hell? And my roommate was just like, What are you watching? Because she also heard growling from a dinosaur and she's like, What are you watching? <laughs> but, oh man. Yeah, yeah it, it was I I just thought there was there wasn't enough stakes, but they, they really were close to it. And, you know, mm-hmm. if I had just watched the last four episodes and they said, do you want to watch more? I would have been like, yeah. Yeah. But, it's, you know, but I had the unfortunate pleasure of watching the first eight first. So. Exactly. Um, <laughs> just, you know, I, I can see why it got canceled, why it didn't catch on with viewers. But I also, mm-hmm. it frustrates me that, that shows that are ambitious like that. Um have fall so short of their potential, especially knowing, mm-hmm. you know, that Fox could have locked down Naomi Scott, who for all intents and purposes is a big star now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I kind of felt the same way about, you know, going back to supernatural. I kind of feel the same way about Catherine Newton. Yeah. Uh, they could have locked her down in, into wayward sisters for a good six or seven years, but they decide to pass. And now she's going to be, I mean, she's getting bigger by the day, she's going to be huge. Like right. just a really talented actress who's starting mm-hmm. to get into big major motion pictures. And so it kind of makes you wonder what if for, for Fox and CW in, in those kind of situations. But I also think that that Terra Nova set the stage for some 
some more interesting stuff along the way. Uh, like it really, really reminds me just like visually of the hundred. Yeah. And so, and the hundred is one of my favorite shows. So well, I really disagree. That's okay. Uh, I, I listen. I liked it a lot until like this past season, and I was yeah. just like, yeah, no. I didn't think this past season was their best, but they've earned a lot of credit with me because I feel like they've done such a good job pretty much up until that point. So, yeah. And I'm gonna finish it know. now. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, you're a serial completist, so you're gonna have to watch it to the end. Yeah, well, I, the <laughs> season six didn't turn me off so much to the rest of it that, and I through season five i thought they were doing really well so yeah uh, and it's really what i like about that show is that you know it's got the exact opposite problem of terra nova and that it's fearless like you know when i tell people to start it and i say okay no seriously watch through episode three and that's where wells jaha gets shanked just like mm-hmm. he he's, looks like a major character and then nope dead Dead. Uh, and I, I'm just like, and I was like, what? And I watched the rest of the season just because of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 fearless and it's not afraid to take risks, and I really like that. And that was one of my problems with Terra Nova in a nutshell. Anyway, I'm kind of getting off track, but no, it it's fine because at the stage, high, you're and, talking about higher stakes made me think of 911. So I was about to be like. Unlike 911, who doesn't seem to know what the meaning of higher stakes is, um, <laughs> on a show about first responders, nobody has died. <laughs> or had a, like, in the first season, they had a character get a rebar go through his entire brain, and he was a first responder, and I was like, oh, well, he's going to be, like, paralyzed or even out of the job for a long time, or die. No. He was back within two episodes. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Oh, no, man. I wasn't, but like I should be at this point. I'm just like, right. <laughs> no stakes. Yeah, so it, it's even set the stage for p- things like The Walking Dead, where you know, where you're living yeah, in a new world, and mm-hmm. you know, you have leaders that you have to follow or that you have to choose to trust, and you don't know whether you can or not. Mm-hmm. And, and you, so- it, and it shows like how even in a new universe or situation the same clicks or same mannerisms tend to happen because they're human nature yeah and and i guess uh technically the walking dead started on tv before terra nova but still that that kind of you know that's give Terra Nova even less credit because they, they should have known. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh. um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's still, it's, it's set the stage for a lot of that more sci-fi stuff. And I think some, at least it seems to me like some of those shows have learned from Terra Nova's mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a good one season binge, it's, not the worst. Um, I really did have trouble with IMDb TV and their commercials. Uh, I also had trouble with buffering. Like it buffered a lot. Um, oh yeah. me. I don't know if it happened with you, but it not, buffered me a lot. Not that so much. It was more the, I was just like, can I pay a premium price to not have these ads? And I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was so no. frustrating. Uh, but 
it, I didn't think it was too bad for an ad supported service. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like Hulu used That's to be you know, like every 10 minutes. Yeah. There's only a few ad breaks in an episode and that's not too bad. And but, think about think about it this way. At least you didn't have to pay for those eight episodes that you did not enjoy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Like if I'm trying something new, I'm like, try to find the free option first. And if I can't find it, I'm like, uh, is it really worth it? And usually I'm like, no. Because I don't want to spend money and end up not enjoying it. Because I'm like, right that's hard-earned money it's getting washed down the tube so um absolutely literally <laughs> um but no it was i was i i enjoyed it to an extent <laughs> yeah yeah and it's 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 <laughs> it was perfectly fine um and i you know if they were gonna i don't know if they've done this or not i haven't obviously haven't done my research today but if they were going to like do a comic book that finished that story or whatever, I'd probably read it, you know, uh, I would do. It, it, I'd be interested to know what their future plans were and how they were going to wrap that story up. But, um, you know, I don't know that, you know, if you, if I said, if you said I had to go back and watch it again, I'd be like, no. <laughs> I'm wondering if, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, you said Terra Nova was a Fox show. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Fox just has a problem with higher stakes because 911 is a Fox show. Yeah, and <laughs> Fox is also notorious for canceling things after one season. Like Fox is where Pitch aired, and Fox is where Firefly aired, and so they're yep. really just you look at their history, and it's like wow, there's all these shows that were that lasted for one, all these higher concept, especially yeah. that were just axed after one season. Like they they also have no patience or or can't develop a show yeah but who knows they'll just bring back the x-files for a third time maybe <laughs> i don't know but yep no it was it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen <laughs> that's high praise <laughs> high praise. we'll leave you with that folks this has been nick's infinite playlist um you can follow the podcast on Facebook. Uh, I don't have a Twitter account for it yet because I can barely manage my own. You can follow me at Nikki A. Hogan. Uh, use the hashtag Nick's Infinite Playlist, and I've pretty well commandeered that at this point, so it should I should be able to see that. Um, we do have nicksinfiniteplaylist.com where you can read blog posts, and mostly it's just these podcasts embedded into blog posts, but whatever. Um, Thanks again for coming on, Mary. Of course. If you guys care to follow me, which you should, because I'm awesome on Twitter, um, <laughs> I have a lot of hot takes about things. So um, TV related, obviously, not really. Eh, that's never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get into my opinion about some other things going on right now. But my Twitter is at DorothyNYC89. And my Instagram is also that. If you want to follow that, by all means. Um, I don't post very often, but yep, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and good night, everybody.